Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. All right, what is up, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. It's a busy one. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. I'm Andrew. And I'm David. And it's CES week. As of the time you're watching this, CES every January sort of kicks off the year. So we've got a lot of new things in the tech world to just ponder about and talk about. We're not there physically. We do have some people who are there on the ground, and we're going to talk to them as well. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but we also have a bunch of the little stuff that we've seen that you guys have sent us. Uh, there's also some new Vision Pro news, uh, an iPhone falling out of a plane, a Rabbit AI keynote, uh, just a, a lot of stuff. So we're going we're gonna to talk about all of that. Also, we had a, a small adjustment correction from last week. We were talking about the Xiaomi SU7. Yeah, and we said it had 1,200 kilometers of range. But Well, there was going to be a version supposedly yeah. in the future that had a long range that is uh, a larger battery that had 1,200 kilometers of range. Yeah, and I guess it was actually a blog post talking about a potential different battery and a platform, I guess, rather than the specific SU7, and that it would theoretically have 1,200 kilometers of CLTC range, which also everything we talked about last week was CLTC, which is uh, estimation by China standards, I believe, and yeah. it is apparently far worse. Yeah, for those who don't know, EPA. there when you look at the mileage rating for a car, there is a, a rating based on the government agency in that place. And in the US, we have the EPA rating, the Environmental Protection Agency, I guess, right? Let yeah. me just double check. I make sure it's the same EPA. <laughs> but in Europe, they have WLTP. And that's different. And that gets a different rated range for the same exact car. And in China, they have CLTC. And apparently CLTC ranges are dramatically more generous. <laughs> well, um, I'm sure it's not a coincidence that they uh, they happily fed that number as the headlines everywhere. But just so you know, um, a CLTC range of 500 miles will probably not be the same <laughs> as, as an, an EPA, EPA range. Which is already of generous. Miles, which is also all, already hard to achieve. Mm -hmm. So... That's uh, our little correction from last week. And also, very minor correction, max RPM is 27,000, not 35,000, and the maximum horsepower is 673, not 668. Oh. Cool. So yeah, Xiaomi essentially didn't announce a car with a 1,200-kilometer battery option. They announced a car and then also announced a battery that could theoretically have a 1,200-kilometer CLTC range. Mm -hmm. In theoretically. theory. Theoretically. It says so it's in, not tied to a car. In the fine print, it literally says theoretically. So there you go. The math maths. <laughs> the math. That's what it says. Lots of math. Good stuff. Um, all right. Where do we jump in first? There's so many stories to possibly talk about. I kind of just want to talk about the iPhone falling out of a plane and Obviously. that being sound in a backyard. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorite stories. And it I also think... doesn't shock me somehow. Really? It, it fell from a yeah. plane. Yeah, but so it <laughs> fell from a high place. Y'all heard of terminal velocity? Marquez yeah. cracked his phone sitting on the ground, well, falling out of his pocket. Okay, yeah, but it <laughs> landed in grass. That's the that's the difference. Yeah, it so, probably hit and a it bunch was of in trees. trees. Yeah. If I fell out of a plane and landed in grass, 
it wouldn't matter. You are not a flat, small piece of metal. Yeah, your terminal velocity is a little different yeah. <laughs> from the phone. Yeah, apparently there was a Boeing plane that had this issue that was ignored for a couple flights, and then eventually one of the flights oh, took funny. off. So, okay, the basic story is there is an Alaska Airlines flight with a specific model of Boeing plane that was... There was an issue that was being ignored. Some I read an article about some lights that the the flight attendants and crew were sort of ignoring for a while, and then one day they took off. Yeah, so, so already a weird start. One day they took off, and uh, they should have paid attention to the lights because the the seal of like the emergency door broke, and the door just got ripped off the side of the plane while they were flying. Uh, not great. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but some things were sucked out of the plane <laughs> as yeah. they were flying and landing. And there's this this whole map that you can look up of where the plane was flying and then where underneath the plane people found debris in their backyards. <laughs> That's crazy. Including a fully on, still in airplane mode with half battery <laughs> iPhone that fell out of the plane and like landed in someone's backyard and was still I th- fine. I think it was the side of the road and the plug was in someone's backyard. Not that that matters all that much. But um, yeah, it, someone found it on the side of the road while looking for the plug. Also... I kept seeing the word plug and was trying to figure it out. And it's basically, I guess it's just what they call the temporary door. Or not temporary door, but the emergency door. So it was a whole door that fell off of the Yeah, there's a hole in the side of the yeah. plane. Um, wild. And yeah, the, they someone found the phone, half battery, screen on, still just working, airplane Probably got mode. pulled out of someone's hand. I think no. the cable was still plugged yeah, yeah, in. It so got pulled out of, the, out of the wall or something. The, like... The charging cable is still attached in the bottom, but like ripped off That's from so the wild. actual cord. USB-C, baby. <laughs> That's crazy. It's either a 14 or a 15, so they're not sure. Oh, okay. So it could be lightning. I think they said it was a 14 Pro. I think oh, they said okay. it was a dynamic island, so they couldn't tell if it was 14 or 15. Yeah, wow, no it has reporters have gone out and, out there <laughs> and <laughs> we need answers. We need to get the full the full answers, but yeah. The, there's a close-up of the bottom of the lightning port. The yeah, whatever port awesome. it is, just like ripped out of the bottom of the yeah. plane. Imagine, I don't want to imagine it, but imagine being on the plane just scrolling through Twitter or whatever they were doing, and then it just gets sucked out of your hand out of the side of the plane. Honestly, uh, nightmare fuel. This is like my worst fear. This is it's definitely my terrifying. worst fear. Terrifying. We should have like... Uh, trigger warning before the like beginning of <laughs> all of those that model of plane has been thoroughly investigated since then a bunch of flights have been canceled with that plane they're going to really? tighten all the yeah. bolts we should be fine also, we should be fine no one was injured no one was yeah. Hurt. Yeah, someone had off. their shirt ripped off but yeah. that was that's wild. amazingly so like no one was sitting in the seat right next yeah. to the door Thank yeah. God. and no one was pulled out of the plane but that the fact see i'm i'm actually given confidence by this yeah the fact that the door wow. can be pulled off the side of the plane and they're still going to land it and everyone's fine Man, when I see well, those wings wobbling in the storm, I'm like, yeah, we're good. At least no one was sitting in the in the window. That could have been bad because they probably would have gotten sucked out. Yeah, feel, yeah. even a seatbelt probably would have been. Yeah, but how often there? do you take off your seatbelt immediately after? They're like, you could take off your seatbelt. Don't do it anymore. Don't, no, don't, no we'll I'm staying on the whole time. Follow yeah, the you rules. Sit next to that door, you should keep your seatbelt on. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Crazy story, but hey, a new phone story. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, this is the drop test of all drop tests. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, and also just like. Definitely goes to show you that breaking your phone is so much luck because you can drop your phone from two inches off the ground and shatter the screen right. or the back, <laughs> yeah. or you can drop it from a plane and it'll be fine. And it'll be fine. Whoever that ca- the case manufacturer of whatever that phone is needs to find out <laughs> immediately. Did you see that Stanley cup that was in the like car that caught on fire and it still had ice in it? They made a huge marketing push with that. 
Oh. This case manufacturer needs to hop on the same thing and be like, we're the case that fell out of a plane <laughs> and we're fine. That's super funny. That's a good ad. I want him to repeat the test. <laughs> Throw it out of a plane. Let me make sure yeah. it works. The funniest thing about this too was that when they found the phone, someone found it in like their backyard or something, it was still unlocked and on and yeah. hadn't died yet. Yeah, it felt like 6,000 feet. So whatever that guy's screen out time was, we probably had like a screen on for like five minutes and just stayed on. Well, I don't think I don't think that he had any sort of screen lock on because I don't think they found it right away. I have a 10 minute screen off on my phone. Yeah. So if I leave my phone for 10 minutes, the screen will stay on for 10 minutes. Right. So it he could have like a, you know, maybe five minute screen out and it'll still yeah. stay on for the duration of that fall. Yeah. That's Good hilarious. For them. Good for them. All right. A little bit of Vision Pro news, actually. So Apple did announce the dates of Vision Pro pre-orders and availability in the U.S. I believe it's February 2nd for availability. No. Yeah. Yeah. And then when is the pre-order? It's January 19th, 19th. I think. So if you are just itching to spend your $3,500, at least now you have the dates in the U.S. when you'll be able to do that. Something also that sort of got um, surfaced from that is there's new media of the Vision Pro and the head strap looks a little bit different from the way it did in the keynote. Mm -hmm. A lot different. There's essentially a new head strap. Yeah. And I think... I mean, what's happening is Apple announced the Vision Pro and shot all these videos and, and revealed what it looks like so long ago that they've actually made improvements to it before it's shipping, which is actually, I think, a good thing. Um, and it appears now that th there's an article saying that they're going to ship with two different head straps in the box. Is there that's confirmed or not confirmed, but rumored now? Because the it's, first thing... It seems to be confirmed. It's an article saying, here's what comes in the box with Vision oh, Pro. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't yeah. see that. I saw them. So Mark Gurman tweeted, uh, he... It was this new head strap says old versus new head strap top design. The idea of the new strap is seemingly so your head doesn't want to fall off after half an hour of use. I think people will be surprised about the weight <laughs> in the initial use. Yeah. So um, there's there's one band that is just the solo knit, the one that's like famously in all the videos in where every, it's just around. Yeah. And then there's the other that's a two piece, which is one band behind your head and another part that goes over the top of your head. So it's a little less it, all the weight on your face. And it was originally marketed as you keep that thick knit one, and then there was another piece that went over the top. Right. But this new version is a much smaller. The straps are basically identical thin. The one that goes behind looks like it goes down further on the back of your head, yeah. assuming to create more leverage. It's just to hold with the how, weight. And then also the one on top, which looks far different. And I know you said it's to make it feel better, which I think is that, but also, I have a really hard time believing that that original knit, they didn't know it was felt bad and was super heavy. Well, but I think it looks so much nicer that it in does. marketing material, it, it looks, makes sense. Yeah. And I don't love So I that. think Apple knew going in that this was a heavy headset, but I think they aesthetically wanted a one-piece band. And yes. so their engineering solution was this really big, flexible thing on the back of your head. Yeah. And it still works, but that headset is heavy. Yeah, It's just really heavy for a VR headset because of all the metal and the extra screens and everything. And I think they're finally just going, ah, you know, we need, a, we need a two piece. It's kind of a bummer because I really I really liked the, the mesh, the thick mesh part of the headset. Yeah. Um, and it was comfortable, but it definitely, after about half an hour of use, Doesn't. started to feel really heavy. And the yeah. two times that I used the Vision Pro, I had to adjust it like on my face multiple times. It kind of reminds me of AirPods Max. AirPods Max are heavier than any other headphones that I regularly use. And they have this pretty big band on the top that tries to sort of distribute the weight in a, in a bigger way. But after a while, 
you kind of just, yeah. you're wearing heavier headphones yeah. and you just notice that. Right. I think it's going to be even more noticeable with this headset mm -hmm. because as people have pointed out, the immersion factor of a VR headset is where you don't feel like you're wearing anything. You're just walking around in this new world. And if this weight is like, <laughs> pulling down on your face like that's yeah. going to take away from immersion and if you're adjusting it like david said constantly that's yeah, tough that's it's kind annoying. of taking the defeating the whole purpose um yeah. yeah i don't think we're going to see this strap in any marketing though at all the other one looks so much better is so much more apple i think the headset looks way more generic with the new double strap they're showing they'll just show it from the front every time so you can't tell i i think they'll show it with the the old strap on and one just one yeah. I think in like all marketing, I wouldn't doubt if, here's the question, at an Apple store, if it's there, which strap does it have? Do you have the strap that looks really good on the shelf for everyone, but then people put it on and notice that it's uncomfortable? Yeah, because in, in the box, you'll have the other one. Yeah, but if you're just trying it for your first time, is Apple going to have kind of like a VR station? Yes, they okay. are. Yeah, that sure. makes sense. They're letting you, they're doing like a first come first serve basis thing where you show up and get in line and, get and you can test it. Um, HTC used to do this in Microsoft stores. Yeah. The first time I ever used a Vive was in a Microsoft store. Mm -hmm. And they had so many uh, materials that they would use to clean the device over and over again and like yeah. change the straps and change everything every single time someone would use it. Uh, but it's definitely going to be interesting because... Uh, Exactly one week from today, the day that you were all watching this on Friday, this that's when this thing goes on pre-order, which is pretty wild. It's still yeah. such a strange um, timeline. It's like yeah. a weird product release. Yeah. Nobody, no one has ever, as far as I can tell, Don't say that. shown footage of <laughs> oh. anyone wearing it outside oh, of the commercials. Oh, sorry. Like you can't yeah. order this without, like there won't be reviews, I don't think. Like before you can order it. I feel like so many more. Not I doubt before you can order it. So that's no, a, yeah. that's usually a red flag for us when you when, <laughs> yeah yeah when the pre order sure. goes live yeah. and there are no reviews and there's not even any footage of any human using it outside of like the yeah. headquarters is kind of crazy. That's kind of happening with is the iPhone like that now though? We get first impressions, but true we don't get reviews anymore. But but usually our review embargo is around the time it actually goes out. Right. right? But even with this, there's no impressions. It's just like people talking about that time that they got to use it. No one gets to use it yeah. on camera. Oh yeah, it's just, it's, right. a, it's just yeah. a little more restricted oh, on than camera. everything else. Yeah. 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 Red so. flag. It's also I can't remember the last time a big tech product has like come out earlier than everyone expected. Like this, they said early 2023, but let's be real. We all kind of expected that to be like end of end Q1. Of the first quarter, yeah. yeah, yeah what's, and, what's the latest possible that qualifies as early 2023? Yeah, yeah. That's it's like literally the last minute. Like you we said, were talking about, the, yeah, yeah, we were talking about the, the, the weird CarPlay. Apple CarPlay thing. Yeah. They promised in 2022 that they would release more information by the end of 2023. And literally December 29th, yep. <laughs> they released like a shoddy, like half complete uh, Photoshop job of a Porsche with, with a with car CarPlay play. built in. Someone's in the studio like, wait, I think we owe people yeah. something. They've got like, the, <laughs> we haven't actually I think done Andrew it. Andrew made that joke yesterday. That, like there's like a notion task of like, oh crap, <laughs> we, we have to. Yeah. So to like this. this coming early February, I don't think anyone Expect every second. Too. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, it's crazy. Bright and early. It's yeah, cool. So can't wait till the whole studios. You guys are getting them. <laughs> You're getting it okay. for all of us, right? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm still. I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to want to use. I mean, nobody knows what they're going to want to use Vision Pro most for. But yeah. I keep thinking what I'm going to default to doing the most is watching media. Like I had this vision of getting on an airplane, uh, vision, and putting 
putting the headset on and just and watching a movie and nobody talks to me the whole flight. No, 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 no. I want the full picture that you told me the other day. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, so, wait, what are you hiding from us? I right get now? on the plane. Oh, I sit down. Oh no. I put the Vision Pro on. You get sucked. I out put of the plane. my. I put my. No- <laughs> <laughs> so it's a five one of these on the side of the room. You have no yeah, idea no. because you're in VR. <laughs> that would be a disaster. I mean, no. mixed reality. Sorry. So I sit down. I put on the the headset. I put on my noise canceling headphones. <laughs> And I am fully isolated from the world. And, and I just, like I just sit back. I sit back and I just like zone. I just like zone out. And I don't. I don't move. For slightly four hours. drooling. Yeah. When this happens, you need to buy me the seat next to you so I can record the steward tapping you on the shoulder and your eyes lighting up at them and watching them freak out. And no. possibly that is gonna be interesting. I need to see that because the etiquette, happen. the etiquette of noise canceling headphones is all kind of built into the headphones, right? Like the Sony's have that feature where you put your hand over yeah. it and it like turns transparency on. The AirPods have a button where you turn transparency on. So you can theoretically leave your noise canceling headphones on but still interact with the flight attendant when they say, do you want some water or whatever? Yeah. With the VR, with the headset on, Eyesight. oh man, it's it's built into the headset, but it's also a really new thing for them to yeah. look at someone with the eyes projecting out of the headset. Is <laughs> it's that easier work? to tell? But it's just also terrifying. They also haven't had eyesight on on any of our demos that we've done. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, really? it's not working on those. So it's either not working or they just don't want people to know what it looks like yet. Which is I the can't, can't I can't wait till Marquez comes out of the airplane bathroom. And his eyes are just lighting up <laughs> down the like this dark plane red eye flight. It's dude, I cannot wait. Now the other thing is the battery life is not as long like as a movie. Two hours. Yeah, and I was so. also thinking like if planes weren't uncomfortable enough, I now want my neck being torqued for an extra two oh, hours. That's why you have that. to get you got to get one of those like plane. Puffy the, neck strap. Yes, <laughs> keeps your head. Yes, up. that's a new Vision Pro accessory. Uh, yeah. Just a neck, a neck brace. Yeah, a full a on like paramedic <laughs> neck yeah. brace. Is this <laughs> the future we wanted? I'm not sure. But I've never watched a high quality movie on a plane before. It's either sitting on an iPad on a tray with like the window from the passenger across from me, like reflecting mm. off the movie, or true. or just the the one built into the plane, which is not amazing. That's true. Imagine watching what I presume will be a fantastic quality movie with great audio yeah. and the the three hour plane ride just evaporates because you're just locked into the movie. I did like the movie theater experience that we got to do in yeah. Vision Pro. It like really feels like you're in an actual theater. That's think, one of my mom's like selling points on the Oculuses. She's I like think just put on Netflix wait, and sit there. That'd be sick. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. So sit think, at a movie theater, everyone else on the plane isn't staring at you while you do it. Yeah, you can watch whatever <laughs> movie you want. Question mark. That is a good, yeah. Um, yeah. The <laughs> enormous question mark for this thing is what is the developer ecosystem going to look like once it's once it comes out? We like, all want to know. I just want to know, because it seems like Apple still doesn't completely understand what the use case for this product is because they keep pushing. All they're, all they're pushing is like, look at your panoramas, look at your spatial mm-hmm. video, watch movies. But they don't they don't have any like native apps that they think are killer apps that make this worth having. They seem like entertainment based, right? Like watch multiple NBA streams at yeah. a time or like <laughs> games. Yeah, games, more stuff like that. It will be. They definitely want some sort of work apps to be associated with. Yeah. It also like video calling and stuff like that. But they're really leaning on developers, though, to make killer apps. I that- still think this feels I still think the price tag is up there because this feels more like developers are supposed yeah, to be buying it and they don't sure. 
they like know the public's kit. gonna buy it, but it feels like a developer kit, yeah. like a really expensive. Developer I don't think kit. that they want a lot of people to buy. I don't the first think they run. do either. This uh, is purely a vibe check off of like the people I follow on threads and everything, but there seems to be a lot of like developer excitement for this at least. No, no, I think yeah. there is. Yeah. I agree. I think there is, and that's what I think this is mostly for. And a developer is wor- it's worth paying thirty five hundred dollars mm. if you're getting in the door early of an Apple VR. MR, whatever you want to call it, space, I think XR compete, space. Yeah. With, a it's new, VR. with a new yes. platform or at least a new medium like this, that's where the excitement has to be is mm-hmm. that the developers first. Because nobody who isn't a developer really knows why they would spend $3,500 on this thing if it only does what you can already do on your phone. So yeah. we're trying to, yes, use Apple's built-in apps to give us a good idea of what it'll be good at. Oh, it's a nice screen. Oh, I can view media. It's going to look really high quality. Um, but... I need more to spend that much money on that. So developers are like, oh, my apps, I have all these great ideas. It's going to work well. Let me just code for it. Like, I hope that is where the excitement is. Also, $3,500 is the starting price for the 256 gigabyte model, which Which seems like a very small amount of storage. I can't tell. I think you're right. I think 256 is going to feel really small because a VR game could be 50 gigs easily. Right. Right. So I... But what are the prices of the other? Is it a half terabyte and a terabyte? And then yeah, I don't even know what we the don't other know. Prices There's no are. rumors of any other exactly. sizes at this point. Exactly. Yeah. I really feel like if you were paying thirty five hundred dollars, they should have given you a terabyte of storage because NAND storage is so cheap. <laughs> it should be. A terabyte. It's so cheap. They should um, just put it in a little thing you put in your pocket and add another cord up to the top <laughs> for more storage. You, uh, they, there's a little. <laughs> just, imagine just I'm putting a flash side. drive in the there's side. A diagnostic <laughs> port where you put a dongle in, and there's like a micro SD card slot like flapping out of the side yeah that's not how it's gonna work yeah but imagine i'm very interested in because it's so heavy just how people are gonna react to that and we were joking yesterday like they should have made it out of plastic but apple would never make it out of plastic and they'd sooner invent a new type of glass and metal that is lighter before that they uh used plastic on this thing chiropractors out there right now are Yo, carbon fiber would have been licking their lips <laughs> they're gonna be four boats soon uh, carbon fiber would have been kind of sick yeah do you want it to be more than thirty five hundred dollars? Honestly, once it's over thirty five hundred, like go. It for could it. be anything. Just go <laughs> ten grand. It could be a car. I can mortgage my house. It could be a car. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, okay, we got a lot of CES stuff to get into, so I think we want to leave some time for that. So I think we should take a quick break, All right. and then come back to do CES talk. But before the break, mm. we should do trivia. Okay, trivia. So we've been talking about the Apple Vision Pro. Um, with the external battery pack, it's stated at having two to two and a half hours with an asterisk. Mm. That asterisk is testing consisted of full battery discharge while performing each of the following tasks. Video playback, internet browsing, spatial video capture, and what popular Apple first party app? What are the three options? Well, there's four. Oh. There's video playback, internet browsing, hmm. spatial video capture, and what popular Apple first-party app? This, to me, says uh, this is what they expect most people to be using this. Yeah, I have a so. guess. Me too. Just based on the videos. Okay. Yeah. But wait, we'll have to see if I'm right. Okay. Oh. I'll let you ask the question again later. I know. It is. There's a battery estimate. It's yeah. multiple And the times. battery estimate they explain is yeah. we got two and a half hours based on you doing these four things. Exactly. Adam named the first three. Yeah. What is what the fourth? Is the fourth? Video playback, browsing... Spatial video capture. Oh. And what? I'm surprised that they include spatial video capture. So was I. That's why I made this question. Because that seems like a pretty heavy task. Well, and also, then they said you could 
capture on your phone after, which makes way more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you don't want to capture video? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Dad, what are you doing? All right. All right. Answers will be after the show as usual. We'll be right back. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, welcome back. So as I've mentioned, this is CES week. So as we're recording this, it's kind of the middle of CES week, and we've got some people out there at the show floor itself we, uh, we're going to throw it to our, our on-the-floor correspondent, Ellis, reporting from the field for us. Ellis, let us know what's going on on the show floor. Marquez, I'm reporting live from the Hisense booth of the floor of CES 2024. As you can see, they appear to have set up some sort of wonderland, it seems. There's a, uh, there's a giant orb uh, <laughs> of, of a seemingly some sort of LED panel. We have the Sweets Island showing some sort of a plastic recycling process. Uh, in about one minute, we're going to see the dancing car start over there. But it seems that here in the Hisense booth, uh, things are fantastic and uh, wonderful. Uh, back to you, Marquez. <laughs> All right. There are many orbs in Las Vegas. There are many <laughs> yeah. orbs. There the are many displays. The dancing cars. Dancing sent me. Car. That was like the perfect encapsulation of like if you could stand in one spot at CES <laughs> and see CES. Everywhere you turn, there's something else that you didn't expect to see. <laughs> I hope they went through the LG tunnel. Uh, yeah, the, that's there every year. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I hope he did too. This is Ellis's first. Uh, we sent Ellis and Mariah. It's their first CESs, and mm -hmm. they're perfect for CES. Yeah, they I, certainly had a lot to explore. I think they're thriving out there. Mm -hmm. I think we've got a little bit more from our correspondents Let's see what out else there. You saw. Let's pull up another one. Marquez, I'm sitting here on the central floor of CES. I'm actually in a car, believe it or not, made by TCL, known for their epic QLED televisions. I used to have one for years. It was great. This car, much like their television, appears to be great. I mean, look at this legroom. Just fantastic. You're not going to find this in any vehicle other than maybe a real-life limousine. Up in front, we have a giant, giant wraparound OLED screen. Two OLED screens with a notch a la Apple right here. All in all, great product. I hope we get to see it on the road. We probably won't. But all in all, just a fantastic product. And thank you for TCL for letting me sit in the back of this car. Marquez, back to you. Okay. For, for audio listeners, car is a g generous term it there. It was four seats, seats on the CES yeah. show floor. The thing about <laughs> the thing about CES is it stands for Consumer Electronics Show, 
But most of the things you see there aren't actually consumer electronics. Yeah. They're and not going to come out. There's lots of car stuff at CES. There's a whole hall where you see like tons of different cars and there's like a mobility section and the future of cars. And then once in a while you get an entire car that gets announced and you're like, is this ever like coming the out? Sony Afila. The Sony Afila? Really? That's coming out? Apparently this year it was there and they drove it on stage with a PS5 controller. Uh, yeah, that happened. That's a real thing that happened. <laughs> Think about that in any other context other than CES. <laughs> they drove the Sony car on stage with a PS5 controller. If Tesla did that, you'd be like, come on. Yeah. Really? But that's what's happening. I suspect that that wasn't a TCL car as much as it's a demo of how TCL technologies can be yes. in a car. Yeah. You know, because, hey, we make screens, and guess where you need screens? New cars. So so Alice got a taste of uh, all of those things. Yeah, CES yeah. is yeah. kind of like a vibe rather than a product. It's like, <laughs> it's here's maybe, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, here's a bunch of crazy stuff, and maybe 10% of it later will be pretty up. cool when you can actually yeah. buy. It. I just yeah. felt like that video like perfectly encapsulated like car releases at CES. <laughs> it's yeah. like I'm sitting in this thing, so maybe it's real. Most likely not. There's, but look at how cool it is. There's so many like quote unquote cars out there that are just like a box with a million screens and seats facing each other. I and want, then there's like wheels outside. I want someone to make a chart of the proportion of cars shown at CES whose seats do not face forward. Yeah. <laughs> and how that has gone up over time. Yeah. Wait a second. You don't have to drive, so you could just look at each other. <laughs> you just turn around. <laughs> yeah. And that's become a thing. Yeah. All right. I Ellis can't wait is for out that there day. For one more segment. Last video. Hit us with it, Ellis. Marquez, I'm coming to you live once again, this time from the Venetian Expo Hall at CES. I am currently being jiggled by one of Dr. Fuji's, uh, this appears to be a thigh and glute shaker. Nice. Um, it's, this is fantastic. I, I have to say this is the best product, most innovation. Um, shaking. <laughs> frankly, I think the government should be buying these for people. It's, it's a travesty that the rest of America hasn't been exposed to Dr. Fuji's wonder. Um, if you're at CES, I highly recommend stopping by this food. Dr. Fuji, would you, would you, would you like a word? Yeah, thank you so much. This is a lifestyle. The CES is a crazy lifestyle. Feeding his health, right? Realness. This is Dr. Boss. Hi there. Vibration plate is actually vibration medicine. Nikola Tesla says it best. Everything is energy, frequency, and vibration. And when you figure out that everything is vibration, you figure out the keys to the universe. Thank you. Oh. I, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Thank you very much. Marquez, I'm going to send it back to you in the studio. <laughs> so. Okay. Okay. That reminds okay. me. Yeah. Mm. CES is. Yeah. CES is a couple things. Yeah. CES is a vibe check. It's like, hey, here's our new tech. Interested? Question mark. Yeah. CES is also PR. Uh huh. Here's our new thing. Come on. Write about it. That's what you're here for. Uh huh. And CES is a uh, tradition. <laughs> tradition. The tradition, tradition part of it is Dr. Fuji. <laughs> exactly. Yes. He, he. Okay. For those that don't know, Dr. Fuji. I did not. Andrew had to explain yeah, this I, to oh, me this morning. Oh, oh, I saw Dr. Fuji every year I went to CES. <laughs> Your formative CES experience. Yeah. He makes yeah. these vibrational pads that you stand on that are supposed to be good for your like. They, they're supposed to like. There's burn there's pad. been like decades of those kind of like. I think it used to be you stood and there was a band like around your back and yeah. it would like kind of shake oh, you yeah. and this yeah. is now like more of a a platform you stand on and it shakes and like i think they do massage chairs also. holistic 
like yeah. core training. Nikola Tesla mm-hmm. said it best. <laughs> well, she said, you know, okay. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So I was in New Orleans a couple weekends ago and I walked by this like random like street vendor and he had a bunch of rings that he probably like bought from China and imported and sold to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But this guy walked up and he's looking at it and he's like, you like that ring? He's like, I, I, yeah, my daughter likes purple. And he's like, you know why you like that ring? And he's like, well, it's, it's purple, my daughter. And he's like, it's made of amethyst. You know what amethyst does? He was like, what? And he says, amethyst has the same vibrational frequency as your body. So when you're touching amethyst, you're touching yourself. And I was like, yeah. All right, Dr. Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> you're in, you're on to something there, man. Love that. Anyway. Yeah. You um, know, when you don't have to get FDA approval, you can just do whatever sometimes. Yeah, so. that's true. Look, CES is... Um, it's full of all kinds of wonders. I kind of, though, feel like we've sort of sat back, perched back a little bit, and seen a lot of the CES stuff from afar. Mm-hmm. Obviously, these guys have been in the thick of it, and that's what we've just witnessed, and I love that. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious what you guys have seen that you think yeah. is genuinely actually some of the best stuff from CES, like good stuff from CES. Yeah, it's easy to make fun of CES, and sure. that was the CES, CES. But there is diamonds in the rough out there that's exactly how it's finding them is tough Mm -hmm. we sent people to find them for us this year or (laughs) the internet yeah um but i think we asked everyone to pick something they they saw that was an announcement from ces yeah Mm -hmm. who wants to go first i can go yeah do it up so razor every year has something that's it's usually in the same exact category it's an interesting idea that you're convinced they'll never ship but you're like well i could kind of see razor shipping this and this year they did it again they called it project esther this year. Uh, and if you just go do a quick Google search for Razer's Project Esther, it's described as an HD haptics gaming cushion. You oh. put this on your gaming chair, you connect it to your computer, and it, with super low latency, can deliver some of the effects of what you're feeling in the game through the chair. The back, the seat, the lower back, the whole thing, if you're playing a shooting game, allegedly, this is coming from a reviewer from Tom's Hardware. Pause. This is a, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, you feel like you got hit by the gun. Like you feel some that of the things painful. in the game. I call bull- Also, you can only get shot in the back. <laughs> you can only get shot in the back. This is a very valid point, Andrew. <laughs> I want us to ignore that for a second. <laughs> but imagine, like, the, you've seen, Suspend like, belief. you've seen the, um, there's like, uh, sofas that you put, yeah, yeah, you like put subwoofers on like, in. subwoofers, yeah, so you, yeah. Like, feel the bass. Imagine feeling the bass in the music. Listening, I'm, I'm making fun of it, but I actually think one, this is the least ridiculous thing Razor's like shown at CES. Remember Project Linda, which again was really cool, but I didn't think it was ever going to ship. That was the phone that yeah. acted as the trackpad of the that. shell for a laptop. That was awesome. I think, I think Samsung and Dex should do something like that now yeah. because I actually think that's a really cool idea. But this looks really sick for like racing. Like I immediately That's look at racing games where I think it would be coolest. Yeah. There's people build all sorts of racing simulators. If this is a couple hundred bucks, you get a bunch of extra feel in a racing simulator. If you're putting it on the racing chair or the razor chair, it's already like a racing yeah. seat. You throw a steering wheel and some pedals on this, and like I actually think this is pretty neat and very razor. Do you think they're yeah. actually going to release this? I think so. This, I think this gets released. This can get released. Allegedly, there's an SDK because as of right now, when you're doing that, like. Uh, subwoofer under the couch thing it's just taking the speaker's audio already and choosing which frequencies to send where so Mm -hmm. if you if there's some some bass in the movie you're watching then it's like all right we'll put that under your seat 
if you're playing a game and there's a gunshot, maybe that specific frequency is like picked up by the software. But if you're working with the, the developer of the game itself with an SDK, they can choose exactly what to send where. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing a driving game, instead of just relying on the engine sound from the speakers, maybe the developer of the yeah. game can send the track bumps to mm -hmm. your chair, yeah, which would be kind of sick. It'd be cool. So I, it has some potential. And is it also RGB? This picture shows RGB. Let's be real. I it's hope a it's RGB. CES. There's only one photo I see with RGB, and considering all the other Razer ones don't actually show it, it just has like a green lining. I kind of think it's not, but I hope yeah. they make an RGB version. Um, but the Wait, reason I think this, sh yeah, <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, it's Razer. There's got to be an RGB version. That's fair. The reason I think this ships is because ultimately it's a high quality massage chair pad that they can yeah. specifically target Connect sections, and that's not. A it seems totally a lot wild. less insane than a lot of their, no, exactly. Their it's other a things. very reasonable product. Yeah, in previous yeah. years they had a they had a tri screen laptop that got famously got stolen. Oh, yeah, that was really funny. They had that monitor one year that. Yeah, I forget I if it ever got released, but it was. I think it did. That was like early on of the like 4K high refresh rate or like crazy high refresh rate. It had like multiple cables going into it to achieve mm -hmm. it. I think. Yeah, yeah. I Razor is one of the few companies that goes hard at CES. Yeah, yeah. but Project Lind is one of my favorite things Razor ever that. released. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's my pick: high definition haptics through your butt from the game. <laughs> I was entertained by that. I really liked. Did you see the Vinfast pickup truck? I saw a picture of it. I think it looks really cool. Um, is it the, legit? I mean, VinFast has been making a lot of cars. Um, they released a pickup truck and also this little SUV that's like a two-door SUV. It basically looks like if you took a Bronco Sport, took the back doors off and just smushed the trunk back up on yeah. it. Um, but I like the truck because it just looks nice. It looks about the size of a Tacoma. And you remember when the Silverado EV came out? And I know oh. other trucks have done this, but... It had like a compartment, an opening. So if you were sliding like wood through the back bed of the truck, it mm -hmm. could come into kind of the cab. This VinFast has the entire back seat able to fold down and completely open up to the cab Turn of into the a truck. Bed. So yeah, not just the little bottom portion of it, yeah. but the entire part of that's it. That's cool. So hmm. I think that's awesome and gives you a bunch of extra space. Um, I think okay. it looks really cool. I like the size of it. It's obviously it's smaller than an F one fifty, and the interior looks very CES. That yeah, looks very future. Yeah, I, wanted, I wanted to get into that. I think because... that'll be. I don't know enough about Vinfast. I have a hard time believing that's what that'll be. Or if it is, this is going to be way more expensive than it needs to be. Right. So Everything this is, else. This is a concept truck announced at CES. So my question is, if Vinfast is actually going to make a pickup truck like this, how much of it? will end up in the actual truck. Right. I think the design could, but this concept also has like, the, is this the my back doors, the suicide doors? What is it, what do you call, um, the, the back door opens backwards. So you got the yeah, doors yeah. opening like that. They open from the same point. From they the go same opposite point. directions. I yeah. don't think that makes it. Nope. Pickup truck, not a good idea. Mm. Uh, I hope that the feature you're talking about with the-, the I could see that staying. The tailgate, I don't know what to call space. it. Yeah. It has a name. The bed. Something else gate. It's not the tailgate. It's like the... The tailgate's what all the way in the back, what opens yeah. in to get to the bed of the truck, but this is where the bed and the back row of seats connects. I think that feature would be nice to have yeah. in the real truck. Uh, I think the interior looks very much more like a normal truck than this. The funny thing is, is I think if this truck as the concept was toned down 25%, I would like it better, and so but that's why I think it's cool at CES. Flashy. No, but when it sells later, if the interior is less flashy, if the exterior was probably a little more just normal, and then it still had features like that, I think this is a really cool truck. 
There's not a lot of VinFast cars in the U.S., but I think no, yeah, we haven't really gotten a working chance. on sort of actually breaking out and shipping them here. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Sick. So I have uh, two. I have one that is very expensive and may or may not even ship, and then I have one that is already shipping, which is pretty cool. So main one, um, LG Signature OLED T. Okay. Uh, oh, every year there is a. There's a lot of really interesting TV tech at CES. Uh, a lot of it doesn't make it out of CES, like 3D TVs that tradition. were a thing temporarily, and then everyone realized we're dumb. This is very interesting. It almost kind of looks like a fish tank, like a very nice little fish tank. But basically, it has uh, the the transparent TV portion in the middle. And because of this, with no black film on the back, you're able to give these like really cool 3D effects that make hmm. it look like there's like a volumetric type display inside of the TV. And they have a lot of interesting demos. Uh, I think that it could make for a very p interesting piece of art, right? It's it's sort of like a a different version of the Samsung frame TVs that turn into static art. Mm -hmm. This is like moving art lg had a different booth or like a, a side room filled with different displays and they were using something similar to this as like a storefront window mm, that was able right. to do like transparent video yeah so like you could make the your store pop a little right more. and i think it was really cool and this looks like that bundled down into like an, an interior mm -hmm. consumer gadget instead. it is interesting because huh. a lot of the time the lg stuff does eventually ship like the rollable tv did, did eventually ship. ship. Yeah. You can yeah. buy it. It's super freaking expensive. This yeah. will probably super freak, be freaking expensive if it ships. But you could turn it into a regular TV when you do. Basically, this black film lifts up in the back, which gives it contrast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're actually able to see what you're watching. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't look as good as a regular TV when it has the black film up, but it's like passable. So it's. I think it's more for people that want to have an art piece in their house and then can also watch things when they want to. Or, or to the rollable TV. Yeah. I mean, I could see this in businesses also as just like cool display units. I mean, yeah, LG is the one who I think would, they're the ones who at CES, they put crazy stuff out. And then I'm like, that might, that's probably actually going to come out. Yeah. Might not sell a bunch and it's going to be super expensive, Yeah, but it's going to come out and yeah. it's going to be impressive. Yeah. Um, there's another thing that is actually going to ship like immediately <laughs> uh, called the Audio-Technica ATH TWX7. They are a pair of earbuds. And they're not that different from regular earbuds, except they have a feature built in that can basically play relaxing music, and it's, like, built into the headphones. And I know this seems, like, gimmicky, and you could just go on your phone and play the music from, like, something, whatever. But I listen to, uh, like, nature -y soundscape music when I'm writing, and I feel like the ability to just, like, pop these in and just press them and immediately have it play would be kind of nice. And audio technica nice. headphones already sound pretty good. So I mean yeah. yeah, there's already a two hundred dollar Audio Technica pair of truly wireless earbuds, which is probably worth it already. Yeah. Audio Technica makes great stuff. Mm -hmm. And two hundred bucks is pretty standard price for stuff like this. So yeah. hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but if you want to send a pair, I won't be a, <laughs> I, I won't yeah. not opposed. Yeah. yeah. So I just think that's fun. I what is kind of nice is when technology comes out that has very low-key updates that mm -hmm. are just kind of quality-of-life improvements. Uh, most of CES is clearly just this, like, we're reinventing this, and it probably won't work, and people probably won't buy it. Uh, but it's always nice when they're just like, we added this kind of nice quality-of-life feature to a thing that you already had. Yeah. Um, 
Now, traditionally, that makes for a little bit more of a boring CES. Like a few years ago, the whole theme of CES was we added Alexa to your fridge. We added Alexa to your microwave or your clock. But um, obviously, this year, it's AI stuff, which we'll get into in a little bit. Putting GPT in your toaster. Yes. GPT yeah. toaster. <laughs> yeah, I think this would be neat. I... I wish I could sleep with earbuds in because I think it would be awesome to just have earbuds in and just like hit the button and go to sleep with relaxing sounds. There are the Bose sleep buds that They're, they don't make anymore, I don't think. But I just they, can't sleep with things sticking out of my ears. Can you? Yeah. Yeah. Not just like a white noise machine? Yeah, but then everyone has to hear it versus well, just me. Sounds like their problem. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can put earbuds in. <laughs> I just go with a fan. Yeah. But yeah, okay. That's a uh, Audio Technica ATH TWX7. Great. Yes. Please start naming earbuds <laughs> better. The names Please. are getting longer. ATH M50 was M50 the same M50. number of characters, but easier to say. Yeah. ATH TWX7 is it's getting a little harder to say. Yeah. Not sure why you're using all those letters, but okay. Yeah. Um, I think those are good picks. Also, new PS5 colors. Nice. Red, white, and blue. <laughs> Adam has a pick too. America. What do you got, yeah. Adam? What's your pick? Oh, mine was the Monokey Systems. It's like a low-profile keyboard from... I think that's how you pronounce it, right? Monokey. Monokey, yeah. I mentioned this just like offhand to Andrew that I want to do this, and he <laughs> kindly gave me a paragraph or two of like <laughs> yeah, sorry, cool I... specs to say and mention so, and comparisons and everything. Monokey's a, a, a company that's already really popular in the mechanical keyboard space. Oh, I have a couple of theirs. Um, they they like started, they have super, super premium, like $500 plus dollar keyboards. Oh, Last dang. year they released <laughs> oh. uh, more like a $200 keyboard, but mechanical in stock. And now this is the low profile stuff. Cause like, we're seeing a lot more with the popularity of the magic keyboard. Mm. I think a lot of keyboard companies are like, mm. people like low profile, but let's make them nice and yeah. mechanical, not scissor switch. Um, so like, Keychron and Nufi have done it already, and they're really nice. And this is Monokey going into that Interesting. range. I yeah. knew none of that. I just saw it, and yeah. I was like, "This thing, pretty, I want." It looks really nice. It looks like. <laughs> have you seen story. that Work Louder keyboard? <laughs> no. There's a, co a company called Work Louder that's doing this low-profile keyboard, except it's um, why can't I remember the name? Something linear, where all the keys, rather than staggered, are uh ortholinear i think it's called where all the keys are like in the same row oh, which wow. is very These different from all of us well. are using oh. it looks cool it's very out there it has like screens and knobs and everything just quickly i looked again some of the work louders ortholinear some of them is regular layout um but yeah all of them i want this is similar to that but in a standard layout that people actually understand but more a little more low-key um i don't know if you see a picture of it yeah I think it looks really good. It's in silver and black, wireless Bluetooth and 2.4 gigahertz dongle, silent or tactile switch options and available mid-year. Hmm. This keyboard is beautiful. It looks cool. gorgeous. Really nice. It looks really yeah. nice. And I've really liked Monokey stuff as well. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to want to buy a new keyboard so fast. Same. It wasn't <laughs> on my 2024 bingo card. Hmm. Nice. All right. Yeah. Cool. I, I wish I got to see it. They invited us over to see it, but um, we didn't go. So. Dang. Damn. Oh, well... well we should do another trivia, and then after the break, we're going to talk about that Rabbit R1 AI hardware I product, can't wait. Uh, which we have a lot of thoughts about, and we will get into soon. But Adam, you want to throw us a trivia question? Nah. Okay. <laughs> yes. See you guys later. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, you're kidding. Yes. Right. Always have a trivia question. All right. So we spoke a lot about cars on this episode so oh, far. No. 
But one thing I found while looking up random facts about cars is that there are many different types of horsepower. Which of these isn't a real type of horsepower? Hmm. A, draw bar horsepower. B, water wheel horsepower. C, electric horsepower. Or D, boiler horsepower. I think I know the answer. Interesting. I don't. I think I've got a random guess <laughs> Me too. Nice. because I forgot everything he said already. <laughs> Perfect. I can put a letter down. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll do that after the break. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from NetSuite, and that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it, because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, welcome back. We have one more thing to talk about. Surprisingly, the entire last section of the pod, we've just, we've dedicated to this one thing because it's captured our attention so impressively that we have so many thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. Now, it was initially like teased on social media. This is... I'll just say it's called the the rabbit, right? So this is this AI device assistant thing. I think the it's rabbit called the R1. R1. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, the company is called Rabbit, and it's we didn't know what it was called, but it was some yes. rabbit AI thing, and now we know it's called the Rabbit R1, which is like Rabbit Rabbit One. R. Well, Maybe. it's like the yeah the the essential phone PH1. But that was phone. PHONE. Yeah. Well, the whatever. Chip. It's the R1. The Fine. chip in Division Pro is an R1. No, it's the M, M2 what? plus R1. That's oh, the other one. I forgot about that one. Yeah. R1? What is mm-hmm. the R1? Oh, the R1 chip? To process yeah, the, other the chip, yeah. visual data. Oh. We're off topic. Anyway. It's the, it's the Rabbit R1. And what the thing is, is it is a piece of hardware that has an AI built into it that can do lots of things based on natural language input. Lots of helpful things. Lots of things that would normally take you a bunch of taps on a smartphone. Lots of things that you might want to perform on a regular basis. It has a microphone, it has a speaker, it has a camera built in, it has a little screen on the front, and it's a little rabbit AI that does all these things for you. Now, my first exposure to it, and I think yours was too, was a video of a bunch of people holding a blurred item because it wasn't revealed yet, giving it prompts. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to actually play that video so you guys can hear some of the uh, insane things that it was asking this thing to do. Order me an Uber and find me a good podcast to pass the time. Oh, and tell everybody that I might be late. That was delicious. Check the fridge and order the ingredients to make that again tomorrow. Create a route that works with my goals. Then start the best playlist to keep me motivated. Watch what I'm doing here. Process all my new photos today just like this. Find us a nice restaurant near here. Then get us there. So you get the idea. It's very focused on natural language input, and then just a super helpful thing that carries out the task for you. 
now I've been t- I've been thinking about like AI assistance a lot lately, just because like we're we know Google Assistant's going to get better. We're waiting for Siri to get better. We already know Alexa and stuff are getting better. And I think the idea that we want them to be able to be good at is everything a human assistant would be good at. Right. Because most people don't have a personal assistant. So if your phone can be as helpful as possible and you can just tell it what to do and it can do it, that would be the ideal solution. But they've never quite gotten there. You have to speak in a certain way. When you wake up and talk to Alexa, you have to say, uh, tell me what the weather is in this city for this day. A lot of things you have to be specific about and know how to prompt it in order to get it to do exactly what you want. Yeah. And a lot of other things it just straight up can't quite do. And so the idea behind why I think people are so compelled by this is wouldn't it be cool if I could just talk to it like a human and it could just figure out what to do with AI and do it. And I think that's super cool. I also think it's super difficult. And so I'm curious how well this thing is actually going to work in real life. And now now we have a 25-minute keynote with a whole bunch more examples and it's it's very much, you know, an Apple-style Steve Jobs-esque like black background co-founder on the screen telling me smartphones are $700 and you have to tap the screen eight times to call an Uber. The thing we just made, it's $200 and you just tell it to call an Uber and it does it for you. And the the proposed solutions to all the problems makes perfect sense. I'm just very interested and probably a little skeptical about how good it will be at doing these things without just turning into a phone. So I'm curious what you guys thought when you saw the keynote and the announcements and what this rabbit AI could actually be and maybe best case versus worst case. Yeah. So the promo video that you showed, um, especially because they were not showing the actual device and showing how you were going to interact with it in a touch way, yeah. uh, was kind of funny because she just says, yeah. call me an Uber. She doesn't say where, which is kind of a problem. Mm-hmm. She Theoretically, says, she should be saying, call me an Uber home. Yeah. Or something like that. And I was just going to say, at the end, she says, and tell everyone I'm going to be late. And, what and does I that can't mean? imagine <laughs> telling... S- Tell everyone, just like contact list, select I'm going to be late. Yeah, And I think, so with that even, I think the believers would say it's got to be context aware. It knows where you are and it knows that you just finished some appointment and it knows you're going to go home. So when you say call me an Uber, it knows your location from GPS and it's going to know to call you an Uber home and hopefully it gets it right. And when it says tell everyone I'm going to be late, it knows about your next appointment at home and it knows who's there. And so it knows to tell, like it's going to hopefully process all of this stuff and all of this context and get it right, hopefully. hopefully. It just seems like so many things it has yeah. to get right. Yeah. They call this a large action model because with large language models, uh, the foundation of that is a transformer. And the best part about a transformer is that it understands contexts of words so you don't have to use like extremely specific words to trigger the assistant in the right way and interact with it in the right way and if you've ever like had someone who's not super tech savvy try to interact with a virtual assistant usually it says sorry i don't understand because they don't use the right Mm -hmm. trigger words exactly so theoretically the best part of a uh, large language model that you would interact with with your voice is that you could basically say anything and then it would be able to do it now the next step of that is what rabbit's trying to do here where you say things to it it understands the context of what you're saying and it can act on those context clues yeah um that's clearly a very big leap forward because right now all you can really do with these large language models is like talk to an assistant and have it chat back Mm -hmm. to you so actually being able to interact with your apps is very interesting and the reason that in the commercial they had her go call me uber oh and um 
like they had her do that on purpose because it shows you that this is the way that humans actually interact with each yeah. other and you don't have to use like very specific keywords to make it work the way that you plug in your apps is really interesting yeah, there's um, a whole setup yeah you can log in so it has a little lcd screen that kind of looks mm -hmm. like a little phone it kind of looks like a um what is the the, the play date the play date it's made yeah, by it's, teenage engineering yeah. right and it's bright orange designed by it, yeah and it's got this swiveling camera and all and this beautiful, beautiful it's beautiful <laughs> Even but it, yeah. it is the size of a phone. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, not a whole Sort one. of, it's yeah. Like, it's like a Galaxy Z Flip. It's big enough to be like, it, like the Humane Pin whole thing was that it's like a small thing that connects to you. This AI hardware is like, it's not your phone, but you're not, they, they specifically said this is not getting rid of your phone, but it still is a phone-ish sized object that mm -hmm. you're carrying around, probably exactly how you're carrying your phone around. Right. Yeah. The other so pocket. just wanted to throw that out there. That is like, yeah, yeah it is about phone size. Marcos, you're going to need more pockets. Yeah. You're yeah. Out of pockets now. Yeah. I mean, I have to give them some uh, credit. Like there are things about this that actually kind of surprised me and that said, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, he kept mentioning that the phone was supposed to be a thing that saved you time. But actually at this point, it's become a thing that just distracts you. I have so many thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean. I don't think phones are the problem. I think that addictive apps are the problem and things like social media apps and maybe either just using your like reduced screen time mm -hmm. thing or not having your social media apps on your phone could do this. But the big question here is like, do you need a dedicated hardware device or could this one be an app or two won't most of these features probably get added to Google Assistant and Siri within the next within year. Within the next year, yeah. He was very adamant about saying that apps, like we've had been in this ecosystem that it's app focused and that using apps always consists of multiple touches and different drop down menus and all sorts of different things where if you can just speak what you want to do, it's much easier to do that than to know exactly how to use every single app, which kind of feels like, you know, our generation and the generation under us is very good at controlling apps. Yeah. So it's one of those weird things where this sounds like it's trying to, we've talked multiple times before about large language models being great as assistants because then people can talk to it with normal words and like somebody troubleshooting something doesn't need to call us. They can just ask normally. Mm -hmm. yeah. This feel That kind of sounds like they're, what they're pointing to, but it's also new technology that, yeah, I don't know. But, um, where do I start? Yeah, there's a lot there. So a lot of people were saying if this was an app, nobody would care about it. So they had to make it both a hardware product and they had to make it really cute and fun. And that's why they got teenage engineering involved, which makes sense. I mean, it's fair. They got I, I was looking into this company. They secured their Series A funding round in October, two months ago. They, series A or three months ago. Okay. They, were, they secured their Series B funding round in December, one month ago. <laughs> So this is an, an extremely new company that's breaking onto the scene really, really fast. Mm -hmm. It's like, we, we were joking yesterday, it's like literally the opposite of exactly the Humane AI the pin, opposite, yeah. Where Humane like hypes their product for two years, kind of pivots the point of their product because they were making it before uh, like ChatGPT even came out and then they added AI to all their stuff afterwards. Yeah. Uh, whereas this is like, it's $200 versus $600. It, no subscription. There's no subscription required, although it does take a SIM card tray. So if you want it to have access to uh, stuff all the time, you do have to pay for another cellular plan, which sucks. Mm -hmm. um, or I guess you could tether off of your phone or use Wi-Fi more often. But you're going to want to be able to use it mm -hmm. whenever, wherever. Yeah. So 
Yeah, the humane pin is also a projector onto your hand, which is a whole bunch of other. It's just a whole bunch. Yeah. Of, a whole bunch of other. Things. The hilarious part about the humane AI pen is the rabbit AI's entire thing is there are too many taps involved to do something on yeah. your phone, and the humane AI pen takes even more gestures <laughs> yeah. to do a single task. That's fair. Okay, so I, I have a bunch of things to talk about. I think so the first part is the part where apps take too many taps is debatable. I think. If you use the example of calling an Uber, for example, yes, there are a bunch of different apps you can use to call a ride to go somewhere or to do anything. And the setup process, which we we're going to touch on, is you just connect your rabbit to all of your accounts, your Spotify, your Uber, your Amazon, your eBay, everything. So it just knows with the AI where to go to do every task. So you need to call an Uber. On your phone, that's open up your phone, open the Uber app, tell it where you want to go, hit confirm, hit UberX, confirm yes, I want to go there, and it goes to the GPS location of your phone. Maybe it's five taps or something, I don't know. And the idea with this best-case scenario is you open it up and you just say, call me an Uber home. And it's it's pushed to talk, so mm -hmm. it's not listening all the time, so it's nice, you don't need a special keyword, you just talk to it like a human. Call me an Uber home. And it knows, based on your GPS location, where you are, where home is, and it just finds an Uber, and you just say confirm once, and you're good. So it saved you taps. Mm-hmm. And it saved you thought because you just talk to it in a natural way. But what are the chances Uber just improves their app or Google Assistant improves with some API plugs to the point where in two months it can do exactly what Rabbit can do? Extremely high chance. Mm -hmm. I think that's very likely. Yeah. So that was the first thing that came to mind. But then the second thing is... Multimodal AI is still really cool. They did this demo of like you pointed at a fridge and hey, what can I make with these vegetables that Wait, I stacked up perfectly in the, the front of my perfect fridge? fridge. <laughs> the fridge that only uses the front four inches yeah. of the, each shelf. Nothing and, hidden in drawers. Uh, yeah. Everything's everything's in the front. What can I make with all this? vegetables and eggs? And they made an omelet. <laughs> yeah, you can make. You can always make an omelet. That trust me. Yeah. me. Yeah, but uh, the the multimodal AI thing is still really fascinating because I think. In general, that's where we're all going. And prompt engineering has become less and less of a skill and more just can we make it as easy as possible for the for the user to just talk to it like normal and get what they want out of it. Mm -hmm. I think that's all great. I just think this could be a, it could it could have been a fifty dollar app. I think you're right. And yeah. it would have gotten less attention, but it would have been just as useful if I just open up the rabbit app and just say, Call me an Uber. And it's it kind of, do you remember when SoundHound came out before like Google Assistant was any good? And yep. it was way better than Google Assistant for the time. And Still then eventually it just kind of got worse and worse because it was better at those context clues. Um, and then eventually it lost relevance. Yeah, because this, the big players got into it. And when I see this, I see like this is a small device that has a camera and some processing power. It has a 2.3 gigahertz MediaTek processor, four gigs of memory, 128 gigs of storage. If I could find something that you still have to pull out of your pocket and you still have to have your phone. You still have to charge and has all day battery. Yeah, life. all day battery. It has mm -hmm. a camera. If I'm trying to think of something that has internal components that with better specs, a better camera, better screen that you already that I'm own? already taking out of my pocket and you're already yeah. charging I could do all of this yeah if it had an app to tell it to do all of this if this could be this is just or if they just phone. update the existing assistance yeah that's the thing like yeah Google I, Google made a big push in like 2021 where they added these API plugs for apps so that you could do things with Google Assistant I remember they sent me try something real they quick. sent me those like self-lacing Nike training shoes mm -hmm. along with like 
MyFitnessPal like thing because they launched this plugin with MyFitnessPal where you can say, hey, G, add this to MyFitnessPal, and it just does it, right? Yeah. So they already have those kind of things, but the the missing link right there was the na- the better natural language processing through transformers, which will get added to Google Assistant like yeah. within a year. Yeah, this like, and this isn't to take away from some of the impressive things that they did software wise and mm-hmm. AI wise, like the uh, LAM versus they showed pretty briefly. I wish they explained it a little more, but just kind of like how it can take action in different apps and how it's connected to that. And then also that they did the like, watch me do this mid journey yes. in discord, which is really cool and you can train it, but all of that could be an app on better hardware that yeah. you own already. Because if it's not replacing a phone, this can't make phone calls as far as I can tell. Nobody I, I think, it doesn't I think someone it. said it can make phone calls. Then it's weird calling it not a phone because it is kind of a phone. Like this is, is just a, a different phone. But you yeah. don't scroll an existing UI. Yeah, that's yeah. it's not an app-based uh, operating system, yeah. which is what they were like very adamant about. You know but Remember when we got new launchers every couple months? Mm-hmm. This would have been a sick launcher. This would be a sick launcher. Like an, on Android phone, if it's just the rabbit launcher, yeah. and you open it up and it's just a full screen rabbit, which is what they're doing. Launcher. It's just yeah. a full screen rabbit, and yeah. you talk to the rabbit, you're like, call me an Uber. And the rabbit bounces a few times, and it's like, alright, I did it. Yeah, <laughs> I, used, I used the Uber app behind you, and I called you an Uber. Yeah. And now it's working. I want to try something real quick. You want me to try and call? I just want to see if Google Assistant, how, how close does Google Assistant get to just doing what this does just call in, call me an uber home call me an uber to newark airport you'd like me to call you by the name an uber to newark airport <laughs> <laughs> clearly <laughs> the context clues are not there. i'm so glad you guys laughed because yeah. i just thought it was right and i was about to hit yes um, <laughs> call me okay. an, <laughs> call me an uber to newark airport hi an uber to newark <laughs> airport i am google assistant okay so that did not work yeah okay wait regarding the r1 i do have two things i want to say yeah one Last year, which was only like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I said that the trend of 2024 was going to be colorful things. And here we are. It's like oh, a bright I'm orange. Teenage, it looks good. Yeah, yep. Only one color. It's the best part about it. Yeah. I know. It looks great. Or, yeah. The second thing is I feel like just with this and all AI stuff in general, it assumes a level of trust that I don't have with like my phone right now. Like I will call an Uber and still look at the map and make sure this guy is coming to me. I want to <laughs> just for if your level of trust is in privacy things because that's what I first thought. Of. Well, okay, too, that's though. different, yeah. but execution. what you're most saying is execution. Execution, yeah. 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 Also, privacy was a whole other thing, but I just mean, like, will this thing work? Yes. Most because people don't even trust their technology to do the thing they're doing. I also think we have a natural tendency to shop a little bit. Yeah. Like, yes, call an Uber is fine if you ha- are not price sensitive to the ride and yeah. you're just like, get me home, <laughs> yeah. I don't care, make it an Uber. But some people also have Lyft and they'll check both. And they had this whole segment in the thing where it was like, plan me a trip, a vacation. To, plan me a vacation to London, let me see some cool sights and let it be a relaxed schedule. And it's like, all right, I've got your flights, your hotel and everything. I'm like, if you trust it uh, that much. I then, really don't want to just go to the first option. Yeah. I'd rather mm-hmm. shop. And I think yeah. that's a natural tendency. If you were able to just say, call me a car home, make it the cheapest option. I don't care about comfort. And it was able to search Lyft and Uber and then figure out which was cheaper and then call it. And then you get a one star Uber ride home (laughs) because it's the cheapest. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff shopping around. You kind of want to find that balance. An airplane, I would never trust it. Just be like, get me a flight there. And it's like, are we? it did say make us all sit together. So it's like, are we all sitting in the back of the plane in the cheapest flight? And I have no carry on luggage or like, yeah, you're not 
for the emergency door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right next to the plug so I think my the phone can fly out. Very interesting thing about this product is that it is a universal kind of, it's a universal product that can access any app and do any thing theoretically. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about this earlier, but there's this training mode where effectively uh, it's on your computer. It's like a web-based portal and you show it a website that you're trying to interact with or like a service that you're trying to interact with. And you're basically training the AI what it means to interact with that service in the way that you would interact with it. Yeah. And then once you're done training it, theoretically, you can just use prompts on your phone or on not your phone, yeah. <laughs> maybe in the future on your phone on the R1. And then it's able to kind of go through that process for you. So in the demo that they played in the introduction video, they, they it showed him like creating an image through mid journey through discord and it recorded the session. Mm-hmm. And then when he says create this thing, it just pulls up the images on his rabbit. R1. It goes through the whole process because it's, it's, like it macros. it's like a macro. So in the off chance that one of the 20 apps that they support off the bat isn't one of the things you want to use. Like, let's say they only have Spotify and Apple Music and there's a song you want to listen to on SoundCloud. Well, then you have to train it for SoundCloud, do the UI on the computer, make sure it knows what it means to go to SoundCloud to look for something. And then when you say, R1, play me that song from last night on SoundCloud, it will know what that means and how to do it. Yeah. Because you trained it. I do like that as a concept because Google in June of 2023 released Google Assistant for Developers where developers can plug into the Google Assistant so that you you can have an open API where you can like have it access your app and do different actions. But APIs for developers are famously like (laughs) this happens all the time. Razor will release some crazy new RGB API and nobody uses it in their game or their application. Like they have a couple of partners that do it at launch and nobody else does it. So being able to theoretically access anything by just training it yourself is a very cool concept. Yeah. Now, this is going to be hilarious to see how this actually works in real life. Yeah. Because if you train something to do it and then you're out and you have you need it to be able to do that and then it just doesn't work, then you got to pull out your phone and that's a problem. But, or if the UI changes on the site or right. if something changes. Yeah, like if true. there's one thing I know about macros is that you spend 45 minutes setting it up and then the next week the, the website tweaks something a little bit in the background and breaks everything you built. Right. That's just a thing that happens. So or, I, yeah. yeah. Or the sure. web page is scrolled down by 25%, and so it clicks on the wrong thing. I will and, say that yeah. feature is the reason it was in my cart for like an hour, and I was debating buying it for I, so long. I agree. That I think, feature could be sick. I think there's like works. kind of two ways I see this going, and, and one is this turns into an app on your phone, mm-hmm. and I think this company gets bought out, and some other company uses it in that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the, the way it goes where it makes a ton of money. The way it goes where people buy this R1 hardware product is using the learning thing by figuring out very specific tasks to do that makes their workflow a little easier. Because mm-hmm. I don't think $200 is the worst price. The The product looks cool. And if you can figure out to some very specific thing that you nail every time, Adam brought up, remember the Spotify CarPlay thing that was like yeah. really dumb Car and thing. no one really wanted it. Car but thing. then people yeah. started finding ways to like attach it to their computer to as do this exactly neat, what they want. Yes, yeah, side screen. Like I think yeah. people are gonna find some like hacky, really cool methods using the learning manual or module and this just being a cool looking device. Yeah. Some people are going to do some cool stuff with this. This like is a company that actually should have a uh, store where you can upload your actions yeah. that, you, that other people can I'm just sure download because that would be really cool if other yeah. people mm-hmm. could just train it for you and then Agreed. you can pull it down. My question was also going to be does this live on the hardware? Like, what happens if I buy this yeah. thing? I teach it a bunch of different macros. Mm. I'm doing the thing. And in a year or two, the company goes it's out of business. So they get bought. Oh. Then what? 
does it still work? Do I need to, is it just a pretty paperweight at that point? Like, Well, it's $200, which is not a small amount of money, but I think when you compare to uh, like the Humane AI pin, they took <laughs> shots they did, a yeah. lot. They took yeah. a lot of they shots. They did directly. They showed it on screen. Yeah. 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 It's That's a valid question. I don't know if that's planned. I, You know the Steam Deck? Yeah. Stream deck. Stream deck. The stream deck with a bunch oh, of buttons. Okay. And you can you can map those buttons to macros. Mm-hmm. I did that. This is like a it's tiny awesome. internet connected, beautiful mm-hmm. stream deck. Every time we start a new episode, I press a button and the new folders pop up on my desktop, perfect file structure, all that stuff. But there's certain things also that I do that with a visual component like this would be super cool. Yeah. yeah. And I'm wondering if this would work. If that teaching process can can actually work for people. People are gonna love it just for that one function, and I think that's awesome. People will spend two hundred bucks for that. Uh, edit the whole podcast. Yeah, hit the button. <laughs> learn from me editing this episode and edit the next exactly. episode. Yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if that ends up being a thing that most people gravitate to. But in the meantime, it is fascinating to see if it can pull off any of these other really broad tasks. I think there's an analogy to like the Palm phone with this device because they don't want it to be they don't want it to replace your phone. He says yet, but it can do almost everything that your phone could do. I don't think it can do messaging. If it can't do messaging or calls, then that's the problem with it, I think, is then you right. can't. So, like, the one, cr- sorry to interrupt a little bit. You can still, but like, the one thing about the humane pin that I'll give it credit for is like, it still has that connectivity. So, like, you, I think they're trying to say, throw your phone in your backpack, like the Palm phone. Get, you don't need all the things on your phone when you're walking around. You can get some basic things out of a small yeah. thing on your, but this is like, you still need your phone in your pocket because there's still going to be... Hell, even ordering an Uber, you might need to pull your phone out to know what address you're going to. So now you're looking at your phone yeah. and speaking into a thing in your other hand. Well, yep. this has a screen, though, and it can probably show you... But can you, like, search up... I guess you could say, hey, look in my email for this address I got yeah, it sent needs to be or, so like, something aware. like that. Yeah. 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 This assumes there's a digital trail for everything. Like, what if you just told me about this new pizza place down the block and I'm like, oh, take me to this yeah. new pizza? And it's like, what are you talking about? It's got to remember everything it hears, sees, if it's poking into your email, your calendar, everything. For it to be fully context-aware, it needs the context of all the things a human assistant They never mentioned about. phone calls or text messages, right? I guess it said... They never I showed think that. They said tell people... Okay. I remember someone talking about that. But. So then this is just a phone. A small, A smaller, cheaper, what? less powerful phone <clears throat> with much better natural language and a much worse screen and camera. I'd be willing to try to use this as my phone yeah. for a week. Here's the thing. Like, I like the idea. Like, if if this idea actually got built out and people found use in it and, it, and people could use it, I would like a premium version of this because this is like a, a cheap plastic. It'd be kind of cool to have like an OLED made of metal. Yeah, I'm shocked. It looked like an LCD. I I it's definitely love, an LCD. I would love an OLED. Honestly. I honestly thought you were joking and you were just going to list off phone stuff. <laughs> no. I literally thought you were just joking when you were saying no, that. Because I, like, like, I thought that's that's basically what you said. If I'm like... If I just I, wish this was a phone. If I'm just... <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> I might just be coping right now. <laughs> if I could... If I'm just like going to go to the city to have drinks with my friends and all I need to do is to be able to, I mean, I guess I use like Apple Pay or Android Pay to be able to, Google Pay, to be able to, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. Now I want to like pulling this up, like pay this cashier 575 (laughs) and then you like hold it next to the, the, 
Yeah, okay, that's the other problem. That's the other major problem is that everything is voice-based. Is it? Yeah, there's that's like, a huge problem. They do have a keyboard option that you can type in, I think. Yeah, and you have to press on it. So it is touchscreen because you have to confirm But it's a very small keyboard yeah. in that way. Yeah. And so having to talk everything that you want to do when you're around other people is very frustrating. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of talking. And listening. Yeah, so it assumes like, it basically assumes no social media and no messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, and the messaging part is the thing that is going to be difficult. So it's supposed to be able to tell your friends are going to be late. But if one of your friends replies... Tell everyone. It will probably speak it out loud and then also show it on screen. Yeah. Maybe. But does it... How would they reply if it's... A, is it a phone number? A separate... Oh, Because it's not your it's main separate messaging yeah. number. It could be a data-only SIM, but maybe it... But then you're Yeah, that green, was not really detailed. Is it Android? Are you a green bubble? Probably. I Not if you, so. if you can teach it's it got beeper to in there? be a blue bubble <laughs> and then teach it to like scrape on <laughs> yeah. They specifically actually, they made like a slight at beeper in the keynote, which I think was a slight at beeper. It definitely they said, was. we're not, they said, we're, we're not taking advantage yeah, of tricking their infrastructure. Tricking, or something yeah, like tricking that. Yeah. other companies' infrastructure. I was like, wow, they're taking shots at literally. You can tell everything. how recently all of this came together. <laughs> how <laughs> yeah. recent the slights are. The funny thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I don't know. It seems actually fairly built out. Uh, the product, considering they only got funding in October, but um, it yeah. seems very interesting. I mean, we've been talking about it for like twenty something minutes. Like mission accomplished. It's, it's, we have Twitter has not. I've not seen almost nothing on Twitter yeah. about this. Well, well, I've seen. I've been tagged. In nothing some, not paid for. Yeah, some people who are basically tagging me in the keynote, being like, "You got you you got to review this. This Just, is interesting." The thing is, if Google Assistant <laughs> adds this feature and or Siri could just do this. Yeah. Then you just don't need another product. I don't want to charge another thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's the main thing for me. It only lasts a day. I don't want to charge another thing. And yeah. I don't want to pay for another cellular plan just mm-hmm. to have another device. To give them credit, it's been a long time since Siri's gotten meaningfully better. Yes. But I fully agree. It feels like Google Assistant is on the doorstep of doing a lot oh, of yeah. this stuff. This is happening. I.O., we're going to see this product launch yeah. as Google yeah, Assistant. Yeah, and it's going to be orange. <laughs> In orange mode. This yeah. feels like the prime question of product or feature. Yes. I yeah. think so. 100%. Yeah. It's like... Um, it's Clubhouse. Clubhouse, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This is the hardware Clubhouse. Yeah. Wow. That sounds so mean. Feature. I'm the sorry, Rabbit. Clubhouse. I don't mean it like that. Whoa. Yeah, yes. platform or feature. The thing is, is I actually think there's going to be a really cool like modding community that does some really cool things with yeah. this later, and it's going to be a super niche. And I, there's going to be a million Discord servers. I'm like okay awesome with that. Things. I think it's cool, and since that'll it's be the cheaper, I, that'll I think that'll be the best part. Yeah. yeah, probably not what you're looking for as a company with probably hundreds of millions of dollars in capital funded. But uh, I think it's very smart of them to make it out of really cheap materials for a, a relatively affordable price because it's an un tr- uh, untested kind of product mm-hmm. that they don't even know if people want yet or if it'll work. And so if they can get it in more people's hands and then the ecosystem gets built out, then maybe they turn into a company where they yeah. can make more premium versions of it and stuff. Whereas Humane is going like ultra premium. We spent a yeah. ton of R&D money on the projector. And the rabbit still looks better than it. Yeah. Although it's still, they are still a bit different. There obviously are different AI hardwares that are directly competing with each other. Although, yeah, one has a screen, one has a projector, one's a pin, one's a half of a phone. I don't. I have a question. I'm confused. Uh, Do you think the rabbit R1 runs Android? I think it does. Probably. It almost definitely does. Right. It has. Yeah. 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 So it is a green bubble. Green bubble. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like what. 
Yeah, definitely. Almost definitely. But would you have to do it from, yeah, I don't know. Would you rather be a <laughs> green know. bubble or there's never so many... message ever? <laughs> you know what's wild? There's so many questions about this product, and it comes out in March. It comes out on Easter. I'm going to try to review it. I want to try it. Yeah. I want to try every single prompt that was in the commercial and see exactly what it does. <laughs> and connect all my accounts and just send it. We're apparently getting <laughs> review units fairly soon. I want to so. try it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and not right. if they listen to this episode. <laughs> well, I want to give them a chance for it to work well. It yeah. should be awesome. No, I want to try it for sure. Yeah. I am delighted by the idea. I just, I am, I, there are so many on it. That's questions. a great way of putting it. If the idea is so delightful and I would love for it to be true, I'm just have a hard time believing, believing that that's going to be reality. Similar to the, similar to the VinFast pickup truck at CES. Mm-hmm. I'm delighted by the idea. Yeah. We'll see. How dare you say that about We'll, see. <laughs> we'll see how close. The $200 price tag makes all of these questions far more palatable. Yeah, if this was like $800, it's, everyone would laugh at it. Yeah. yeah. And no one would buy it. But, yeah. Well, we shall see. All right. We shall see. We'll leave it at that. I feel like we'll learn a lot more. Obviously, this pod comes out. You'll all see probably some more people testing it, some videos from CES maybe. We'll keep an eye on all of that, but... That's basically it for what we wanted to talk about this week. Yeah. Which means that we should tee it up for trivia. Trivia. So, quick update on the score. Marquez with 20. Andrew with 14. David with one, two. What? Carry the one. Okay. 20. 20. <laughs> yes. That's cool. new. Also, shout out to 120? Mariah. Yeah, <laughs> just 20. Carry the 120. Shout out to Mariah for holding this down last week while I was on vacation, by the way. Thank you. I hope uh, you guys so, wait. know more about crowd ads. What? Crowd? Crowd ads. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We got a lot of things wrong about crowd ads last week. I want to put that out there. Um, yeah, they triple in size every month. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they it's triple in volume. Volume. Not, not it's double, like, double, it's in volume. double, double in volume. It's not exponential growth. There are not 30 meter crawled crawdads. <laughs> as excited as for I anyone was who for believed that, that yeah, <laughs> as pumped as I was to realize in the moment <laughs> yeah. that there were 30 meters across. Yeah. No, just volume. I wish. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait, First, I don't know if you want to say it, but do you want to say a special thing that happened while oh, you were gone? So I was on vacation and I got engaged to my lovely girlfriend, Jessica. Not your girlfriend anymore. Thank you can't Now she's it, my right? fiance. Yeah, thank you. You so. get used to, you gotta get used to two out. things. You have to get used to saying my fiance and you gotta get used to writing 2024. Oh, it's gonna take yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has to start writing Adam's fiance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, first question. Okay. The Apple Vision Pro external battery pack is stated at two to two and a half hours with an asterisk. Those four things that they use to test the battery life are video playback, internet browsing, spatial video capture, and what popular Apple first party app? Do you think the Vision Pro can have multiple timers? Do you think the Vision Pro Pro has a calculator? If it has a calculator, but the iPad doesn't, that'd be so funny. I would love that. I would love that. They are video playback, internet browsing, spatial video capture, and what popular Apple first party app? Mm. Okay. Flip them and read. I feel very confident, so now I'm worried. I wrote two things. Okay, yeah. All right. I put photos, Apple photos. Nope. I put FaceTime. Correct. I also wrote FaceTime. Correct. Dang. I had also written messaging because I wasn't sure if it was I was both thinking about messaging. Or just FaceTime. I was going to put messages. Because FaceTime takes a lot of, like... That's what I would think. Like, data and stuff? I would also think that spatial video would take a lot. So it's surprising that Apple actually... Well, I get... 
Because video playback is like a, playback is not yeah, but I, capture is a little more. But in terms of like doing battery life, you're spending way more time on FaceTime than you're spending on That's what taking a video yeah. or but that means or that looking have at better. It, maybe they're over uh, under promising and over delivering. That would be nice because I assume if I just Safari browse or just watch a movie, it'll last longer than two two and a half hours. Yeah, I just nice. found it funny that it thinks that those are the four most popular things people are going to be doing. Oh, that doesn't mean that at all. That just means that they thought that's a good number. I'm sure they have data that shows. Like, oh, I yeah. bet they're, you know, if you read they don't the, just pick things. They're going to push FaceTime. pages for the way Apple measures uh, iPhone battery life. Yeah. And it's very often like web browsing, video playback, a couple things that they mm -hmm. know will last a long time and just a cycle of like fourth. And they're like things that people do on your phone, yeah, but yeah. very But spatial video intensive. capture? I'm not sure yet how intensive that is. <laughs> that, why include that? That's they so pushed weird. FaceTime real hard in the yeah the keynote did. though like because you yeah. get to make your whole like 3d face your, of everything your yeah. avatar yeah all right yeah that was first question okay. second question um which of these isn't a real kind of horsepower a draw bar horsepower b water wheel horsepower c electric horsepower or d boiler horsepower there's a bunch more too, which was interesting. There's like seven or eight that I saw on the Wikipedia page. Whoa. Brake horsepower? <laughs> yeah. We need some new markers in here. Dang, we do. I'm trying to channel my inner Ellis while he's on the CES show floor. Which of these is not real? All right, flip them and read. That we all put electric. You all put electric horsepower? Yeah. yeah. Really? I thought it was a trick question. Electric or not horsepower? Trick. Yeah, like electric horsepower is the power output is ordinarily stated in watts or kilowatts in the United States. The power output is stated in horsepower, which for this purpose is defined as exactly 746 watts. That's electric horsepower. 746. I just assumed yeah. there so was obviously kilowatts. A, I no. didn't really. I guess yeah. People usually just say it's X kilowatts. Yeah, that would be like 0.7. I thought it was like trick kilowatts. question where like we do consider. A, the power from electric to be horsepower, but you call it something different when you're calling it. I was it. hoping that would trick you up. The reason I picked it was because all of the cars that are electric that are out now, we just rate in horsepower. So, like, why wouldn't we rate it in electric horsepower? A lot of them will have a, si a slide that just says, oh, we 200 kilowatts. Or I thought it said, like, just equivalent horsepower. It is, yeah. There's, an yeah. There's, an there's an equation to get from kilowatts to horsepower. But is it called electric horsepower? Yep. Hmm. Well, so what's the the fake one that I made up was Boy. water wheel horsepower. That sounds wow. real. That's I was pretty. I was pretty into that. I was yeah. pretty good one. convinced about like yeah. a the boat yeah. version. Yeah, like a of turbo. Yeah. <laughs> I had a whole explanation. The power a water wheel would give in a stream of water moving at ten meters per second after one full rotation of three hundred sixty. Ten. Degrees. That would have thrown me off. Ten, 10 meters, meters per, per second, second is really is fast. fast. Yeah, it is. Maybe one meter per second. Okay. All right. We got got though. We got got. Got him. Good job. Well. Okay. I hope we all learned something today, both about VinFast and electric horsepower. <laughs> and CLTC. And CLTC. <laughs> so Everything is just an acronym. Yeah. Rabbit R1. It's just CLTC. R1. Yeah. It's VinFast. It's uh, it's a LAM, large action model. It's Apple Vision Pro, head strap. <laughs> strap it's waveform. It's, it's waveform. Wave it's WVFRM, baby. Or W-A-V-E-F-O-R-M-E. -E. That's not an acronym. That's not how you spell it. Yeah. <laughs> Take us out, Marquez. <laughs> anyway, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing. And catch you guys next week. Peace. Bye.
Waveform is produced by Adam Molina and Ellis Rovin. We're partnered with Vox Media Podcast Network, and our intro outro music was created by Vane Sill. And with that, we'll talk about rabbits now. Dude, foxes are terrifying. That's, That's a fox now? They can fox? go, yeah, they literally just scream. That is actually scary. No, that's a hyena. No, no, no. There's a video of a fox just like giggling. They do that for like a prolonged amount of time and it's awful. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts.